and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. How has your week been, Reagan? It's been a week. It has snowed about three out of the five days this week. We we had, like, snow days and late arrivals and snow blowing. Like, there's been a lot, and I've been solo parenting this week, so, um... Oh, fuck. But you know what? It's it's actually been a good week. Um, I had to take a whole day and watch all of the shows this week, which is why our stories were a bit delayed. Sorry about that, guys. But um, yeah, it's Friday now, and it's Valentine's Day. I had to watch all the shows today, like that. Apart from the, t- I either, I watched like two right at the beginning of the week, yeah. and then nothing until today. So I'm going <laughs> to be really good on like the last four and the first two. I'm going to be like, uh huh. What? Tell me again. What happened? That what happened. happened? Really? Yeah. Oh. But yeah, it has been a week. I think there's I think I think I'm gonna blame the moon. Jimmy gets really annoyed when I'm being a cunt and he's like, What the fuck is wrong with you? And I'll go, It's the moon. It's a fucking moon. And he's like, You need to start taking responsibility for your bullshit. <laughs> um that's probably right. But I'm still gonna blame the moon. Excellent. Do you guys do like do the kids celebrate Valentine's Day at school in England? Do you know what we uh, so Bo at nursery, they did Valentine's Day. Like she had to go in wearing, we shouldn't have to, but they were like, she can come in wearing pink or red. Um, right. and then when I picked her up today, they had like red heart shaped balloons everywhere and just like a massive Valentine's fest. Not so much at school. Um, yeah. but Jimmy and I don't do Valentine's Day, not because we're like bitter anti-Valentine's, yeah. but because our kind of getting together anniversary is on February the 24th. So we just tend to kind of do it then. Yeah. So we do the, we do the exact same thing in schools here. It's like a huge thing. So we've been like, Heath had two days of Valentine's Day parties and Tate has a big one today. Um, but a lot Elijah and I don't, but only because his birthday's in February, my birthday's in March, and our wedding anniversary's in March as well. So it's just like, it would be, it's too much. Crazy. So we don't, Crazy. we've never celebrated it, but um, yeah. I don't even think Jimmy and I have mentioned Valentine's Day today. <laughs> we haven't even mentioned it. I mean, the fact that we had a blazing row this morning probably didn't help. Happy but, Valentine's! Um, <laughs> I love you! You're a cunt. Um, but yeah, it's not a thing for us. And I don't, I, I'm not poo-pooing on it. Yeah, yeah, like, no. Knock yourself out. Totally but get it's it. it's logistic. It's basically logistics for us. Yeah. I just can't be asked to do it twice in two weeks. Ours is a cash flow thing. Like, we would be so broke. And it's like right after Christmas and right after one of our kiddos' birthday. It, it just gets too much. We You're have to really front-loaded in the year, aren't you? We were, yes. Yeah, because it's our youngest birthday is in January. Elijah's in February. Mine is in March. Our wedding anniversary is in March. And then we don't have anything until October. Yeah, you see, we're all and back. Then it starts. Like, I'm July. And then we've got... August is Bo, September is Jimmy, November is Billy, Christmas. Yeah. And then everybody's in the family, their birthday's in November. Do you guys do family, like, birthday presents? Yes, we do family birthday presents. Wow. I I love it. I really love doing family birthday presents for everybody. <laughs> and I find it really fulfilling, and um, I love I love it. I love, I love really selecting, like, gifts for all the people in the whole family twice in in three weeks for birthdays and Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it's really lucky that none of my family listen to my podcast. Yeah, um, we've started dropping all of that. Like, it's just too much when you have, like, 
and we kind of said Shit. like when everybody has kids, like we will do for the kids, but like we're all grown ups. I mean, it's hard enough. I find it's hard enough buying for my husband because typically, if we want something, we just save our money and buy it. It's not yeah. like you know it was when you were kids and you had no money, so you couldn't you know save your money for twenty weeks to buy one Barbie. Like that's insanity. <laughs> so, um, so we've kind of phased a lot of like the gift buying for extended family out. Um, in like place that. of just buying for kids. So. I might try... Oh, you just went to I know, my, my light ring just went out. Oh, that light ring of yours. Um, I might try um, instigating that in our family as well. Although, listen, I've got to be honest, is it fair to say that I don't want to buy anybody else birthday presents, but I'd still really like them? Yeah, you kind of have to give that up, which... I find really hard. My husband doesn't. Like, he's fine. He's fine getting no gifts at all. I know Jimmy is too. Jimmy's yeah. like, don't give me any gifts. I don't want any gifts. I don't right. know. I'm like, I, I, I love do. gifts. I really want the gifts. I know. Anyway. So you got to shell it out. If you want to get, then you need to shell it out. That's fair enough. Fair enough. I'll stop bitching. Um, okay. So we are here this week with six shows. So we are going to be on the money, super concise. Reagan is currently battling with her equipment. <laughs> She's got a technical issue. But um, just with but the light, is, you can still hear me. Well, yeah. This is exciting because this week we don't just have Atlanta back, but we also have uh, Shars of Sunset. And I have been so excited to get the Shars of Sunset back. I am so excited this show is back on. The I just I love all of them. I think they're all just amazing characters and just have a lot going on. So let's let's chat about them. Well let's should we do Shaws of Sunset first? Uh or we Atlanta. Can. We typically would start with Atlanta. Let's, let's start do Atlanta. With Atlanta then. All Let's right, then that. we'll get to the shots. So we had two weeks break and we are back and we came back with a bang because we turned up, walked straight into a lunch with Eva, uh, Cynthia and Tanya and Kenya. And, and the cookie lady. And the cookie lady who has been spreading her fucking crumbs all over Atlanta. She's dusting Atlanta with her crumbs. She is making it rain with crumbs. Oh, my um, word. I mean... What, uh, what the hell is Kenya thinking? Like, I feel like there's no self-awareness to how fucking messy she just comes off. Do you know what? I think the opposite. I think there's 100% self-awareness to how messy she comes off. She just doesn't give uh, shit. And here's the thing. I felt like it was a lamb to the slaughter. Like totally. Tanya's there thinking that, that thinking that there's like a set of rules or that she's playing some sort of game here. Right. And then Kenya's like, oh, that, that rule book? Uh-huh. I'm throwing that away. And here's the cookie lady. Like she brings her to lunch. It's insane. Like I just don't understand how you conduct yourself in this way, especially to Tanya, because ultimately... What Tanya did was not a big deal. And I really don't appreciate Kenya making it out that, like, what Tanya did was worse than what she did. No! It, it's like, bollocks. And also, Tanya brings up Kenya being messy at Marlowe's Lord. She's like, no, no, we're not here to talk about that. Well, hang on a minute. It's all relevant. And by the way, right. you came in here with an agenda. She even walks in. She's like, I like to look extra pretty when I'm going to read a bitch. Like, she, she came... To yeah. destroy. She was like DEFCON 5 by the time she walked in there. And it was it was painful to watch her harpoon Tanya. Yeah, I feel like Eva nailed it. Like, Tanya has no idea what she's in for. And like, you, you 
when you're going to go up against Kenya, like you have to have a certain toolbox and she doesn't have it. And actually none of us have it. (laughs) No. And also that cookie lady came in hot as well, considering like she's right in the middle of this. Like she's like, I don't understand why there's such negative energy, honey. It's like, well, really? Because this is the most fucking awkward situation I've ever seen. So absolutely fully understand why there's negative energy. Well, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, like somebody called her out for like, are you just trying to get like screen time and insinuating yourself into like this group by making a bullshit or making something a big deal that actually wasn't? And what I feel like is that there's just a lack of respect for how other people conduct their relationships. Like it's not your business. If it works yeah. for them, it works for them. Move on. Like he didn't sleep with her. No. And she's like, he followed me into the bathroom. She's like, but they're unisex bathrooms. I know. She's like, so what you're telling me is that you met him at a bar, you had a conversation with him, and then you both went to Lou in a unisex bath. Like, that's what you're telling me. Yeah. That's the extent of this story. And Tanya, but but it doesn't matter because Kenya's just overshadowed everything with her fucking plans and conniving bullshit. So I I just felt so bad for Tanya. And I don't think Kenya is going to recover from this very quickly because even Cynthia and Eva were like, not okay. What the fuck? Yeah, this is so wrong. It's so So wrong wrong. on so many levels. Like, I understand, like, she's dealing with shit while we're watching, like, this all be, you know, filmed, but... I think she's just crossing a lot of like normal human decency lines that I don't know. It, it's just I agree. not cool. No, it's bullshit. We also got a lot more about Portia and Dennis on this episode as well. I love it when we see them in therapy because I feel like that is obviously a very safe space for Portia to really talk about like what's going on with them and being really honest. Like, I, I love how honest she's being through all of this. I think it's really helpful for people to see that other people struggle with these things. And it's okay to be on it. I don't know. Like, I, I just no, love I everything agree. about it. I agree. And I think she's, I think what I love about her is that she's really open to being vulnerable. And I think that's always a really good story to tell. But can I just say, like, Bravo, if you're listening, the best TV series in the world would be couples therapy reality TV. We have one on over here. It's Oh, do you? It, yeah, it's on a different channel. I watched it ages ago. It's more of like a like a couple's boot camp where they like do therapy and they like do trust exercises and things like that, but they do it with reality stars. Oh, but what I'm thinking is like yeah. non-reality stars that like we only ever right, see right. in therapy. Right, right. Just like regular people. I, I feel regular like they people. did one. If I find it, I'll pop it up on our socials and I'll send it to you, but I feel like there was one. Well, maybe we should look into it, but I'm I'm with you. I yeah. love that we see them in therapy. Um, I think it's really interesting. Dennis seems to be saying the right things. I just don't know if I fully believe that he's committed to them. But what I do think is interesting is that it's very easy to go into the situation when he's cheated and focus on him and what he's doing. But of course, that's going to be there's going to be damage to Portia that she is also going to have to work on to make it work. And I thought that was kind of an interesting conversation that they had. I totally agree with you. And I think... I like I want to give Dennis props for kind of standing up for himself a little bit because I think you're absolutely right. I think when somebody cheats, they tend to carry all of the blame for the problems in the relationship when actually I think this relationship was pretty rushed. Mm. They didn't really take time to know each other and that fault lies between the two of them. Um, I know we did a poll about uh, 
what we think um, if they're going to get together. And I, I feel like Dennis's problem is he's a rusher. Like he doesn't really want to dive in and think about the deep stuff and work on the deep stuff. So he just like rushes. So like their relationship was rushed. He rushed to kind of get re-engaged to her. And I think probably what, what they actually need is for him to slow down and then work on the actual issues. Like not saying she doesn't love him or anything like that, but really get to know each other and talk about not feeling safe or not being able to trust. Like those are things that just take time. Like you can't rush that fix. I just think, I just don't know whether Dennis really understands the concept of love and marriage or whether he just wants to be in love and be married. Like that's kind of how I feel about it. And also I have to remind myself that they're actually quite young. Like I think they're probably early 30s. So that's still quite young. That's still quite new. Um, Actually, Portia might be older, but I feel like he is younger, but I could be wrong. Anyway, you asked on on Instagram whether they will rebuild, and 30% said slowly, but yes, and 70 said no, he'll try to rush too much. And I think for me, the I mean, the damage, I think, has been done. And I think if Dennis was treating this like Portia is, like being truly open, truly vulnerable, truly honest then I think it would stand a chance, but I just don't see him doing that. But she did say something really interesting in this therapy session, which really made me kind of do a double take. She talked about this idea of having to hold on to a man, like, because obviously they're talking about not having, they're having intimacy issues, which is obviously quite to be expected. Um, And I think that's so interesting that that theory still exists, that like, and I think it does exist within Portia and within the the kind of the wives of Atlanta as well, that you have to somehow, you're responsible if your husband goes and strays somewhere else because you're not giving him enough love or you're not looking after yeah. him at home. It's such a negative kind of story. Absolutely. And I don't think it's only in Atlanta. I mean, I think we see it in New Jersey yeah. with like Teresa and Joe, they bring it up. And I think we see it just in everyday life. Yeah. I feel like there have been a couple of Instagram posts that I see people like warning people that they better give it up or they're going to lose their partner. And a lot of that is bullshit. Yeah. Like, you know, A, it's never one it, It's never one person's fault. Like there are always issues on both sides of every disagreement or cheating or whatever. And I, I really hate that story that women need to do it all so their man doesn't have to go someplace else to get it. It's just like the fuck man it is bullshit and it's really damaging and it ties in with this idea that women are nags you know if you heaven forbid question your husband on what he's doing or say you know can you pick up your fucking socks then you are a nag and that it's this language it's like you know men are passionate women are hysterical it's all tied into this kind of oppression through language and it really bothers me that Portia feels like she's worried about him being unfaithful again because there is a lack currently of intimacy in their marriage. If he was committed, then this wouldn't matter. Like, baby, trust me, by no. the time you have another baby, that intimacy is so far down your list of, of priorities right. that if if that is a problem and every time you don't put out, he's thinking where else he can get it, then this is not a relationship that's going to work. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. I also think it puts, I mean, to flip it a little bit, it also puts unrealistic expectations on men and their sex drives because honestly, like men peak at their sex drives pretty young. And as you are in relationships longer and longer, then those periods do naturally get further and further apart. Not just like hormonal levels, but fucking life stresses. Like sex is not 
what keeps a relationship together no, at all. No, 100%. It's not. Or lack thereof. Like, no, it's not about it's, that. And the reality is that sex is great and it's all one of the, but it, it's, you are together for the, your whole life, essentially. If you get married, that's the point of getting married, that that's the promise that you make. Mm-hmm. And there will always be periods of times where sex doesn't happen, probably surrounding having young children because you're so tired. Did you yeah. know I heard about this thing called touch fatigue and I'd always known about it, but I didn't know there was a name for it. Yep. But my cat, bless Jasper, he gets the worst deal because all day long it's like the kids are grabbing you and touching you and all the rest of it. And then they finally go to sleep and I sit down on the sofa and the cat wants to sit on top of me and I am like, fuck off. Like I have, (laughs) I don't want to be touched. I don't want anybody to sit on me. Just fuck off. And it's called touch fatigue. I learned that this week. Yeah. Um, No, I I have known about that and it's 100% a real thing. Like I just sometimes want to be left alone. Right. Because I am not. And that applies to my husband as well. Like I just want somebody to not touch me for like a hot fucking minute. Um, Anyway, we'll see how that works out between them because I really love Portia. I don't love Dennis, but maybe he's going to surprise us all. We'll see. Which I think brings us to Mike and Cynthia, which I really like that we're seeing more and more of Mike Hill. And he's just, I think he's like a super honest, like evolved human being. I think it's super interesting how he kind of talks about his past. He's written a book about his past. And like, I feel like this, this kind of relates to Dennis in some ways. Like if you want that to be your past, then you have to like evolve and move forward. Like Mike Hill has, he's like apologized for the stuff that he's done and he does not continue to do those things. So I don't know. It's, it's really lovely seeing more of Mike Hill. I agree. And I think maybe if we'd seen Mike Hill 10 years ago, we'd have thought about him, what we right. think about Dennis. Um, I just wish that guys got to it at the same point that we fucking got there. Anyway. Um, yeah. But no, I thought it was interesting. I do think it's great to find out more about him because he was, I definitely got more sort of 3D vision of him here. I thought it was interesting that he only has female friends. And I'm not like, I'm not here to judge, but, but it felt, I don't know. Am I being? So I'm married. I am married to a man who has, I mean, he's got like very, like a few very close dudes, but majorly my husband gets along with women way just better. Yeah. Like there's just something about it where he just, it's relate, he relates better. I don't know. Like he's just a guy who is always like his entire life had more girlfriends than guy friends. So for me, I think I take it a little bit differently because that's kind of my daily, yeah, like that's not your my reality. daily, but like that's my reality. Um, and I, like, I'm okay with it. I trust him. Nothing is ever you know, no. been weird about any of those friends. There have been a few girls where it has been weird, and I've told him that it's weird, and it was weird. So, <laughs> like, they're not friends anymore. Um, <laughs> you know that girl wants to sleep with you. No, she doesn't. She really does. Yeah. Does she? <laughs> and I don't, like, it's never even been anything sexual. It's just like they're weird. Like they're weird around me. Yeah. And that's weird. So let's not hang out with them anymore. But um, so I didn't necessarily think it was weird. I thought it was 
insensitive for all the other women to be talking about his exes with his daughter sitting right there. Like, I know, like, she just graduated, but my heart broke for her. I went, I, me too. It really broke for me. It really, my heart broke for her as well, because I just thought it's very easy to get lost in the television of it all and to just hear him tell his story and for us to be like, oh, we're getting more info about Mike. Right. But then for his daughter to be sat there, to be hearing about how unfaithful he was and how many women and he, he never shagged, loved his and mother, how he's never her mother. loved her before. Yeah. Like, he, and but what I did love yeah. is that she obviously left upset and he went, I thought the dynamic here was great. He went in. Cynthia didn't barge in with him. Cynthia said, Is it okay if I no. come in too? Like she really understood a boundary. Um, Absolutely. And I thought they handled that really well. And he went straight in and he said, I'm really sorry. I fucked up. He didn't say that, but he was like, I essentially fucked I fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's on me and I shouldn't have put you in that position. And I thought that's fine. Like, you know what? As parents, we, all, we are going to fuck up. We're going to make terrible decisions. Fuck yeah. We're going to make decisions that we might not even necessarily recognize, but our kids remember for the rest of our life. So if you do recognize it and you get a chance to sit them down and say, I'm really sorry, that's the best thing you can do because dude apologize apologies are the fucking key to life in my opinion like when you fuck up if you can take ownership of it explain it or you know just apologize and be like i was in the wrong you are 100% valid in how you feel. I will try to work on that and never do it again. I think the recovery of any sort of thing like that with your kids is like the key to parenting. 100%. And, and like, I actually think you should fuck up so that you can then show mm-hmm. them how to repair it. Because if the one thing I can teach my kids is how to apologize, like they're set. They're fucking yeah. set. If they can go, I'm sorry I, I fucked up. I'll do better next time. It's so hard for so many people, myself included, to say, yeah. I'm sorry. It hurt. Like it's a physical, painful <laughs> process. Like you have to fucking pull that apology out of me. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've got better as I've got older, but it's it, it, like it's right, right. Thi- like oh, I really have to like limber up and carb load and like do your stretches, stretch it out. do some Pilates. Like it's hard. <laughs> but but I really appreciated that from him, and I thought, you know what, these guys yeah. have a chance. He's a decent guy, and I'm here for Cynthia and Mike. Me too. Um, so. No Nini again this week. No. Um, I don't know how she's earning that peach. Maybe there'll be some shakeups. I've been seeing some articles uh, out about that, about how kind of the bigger name housewives are, may have some major shakeups in the next coming seasons because of what they're paid and for how often they're showing up. And I think it probably purely comes from like how little Nini has been on the show as like a peach holder. It's not okay. The bitch needs to earn her paycheck. No. And it you can't just yeah. she's there's a sense of entitlement and and we love her and we all come back for her. And if she's not turning up, then bring somebody else in. Absolutely. And I think with that we should move to the Shahs of Sunset. I agree. I am so delighted to see this back. I say see this back. I've obviously watched the last seven just watched ep- the last seven seasons in the last three weeks so for me this is just the natural progression but I know that a lot of people have been waiting quite a long time for this season yeah it's been a bit long um and we kind of open up Mercedes is on bed rest um at the end of her pregnancy so I don't think we'll see her very often in this season but from the clips of upcoming episodes it's going to be explosive when she does but with this episode I think uh let's start out talking about Adam and Reza and their housewarming. So they've moved into in they've moved into their new house that they've been building. And obviously, I've just finished the last season. So throughout the end of that, the whole tension was Reza building the house. Reza feeling like he was paying, paying. for everything. 
Um, yeah. Adam just going, I want a baby. I want a baby. I want a baby. Um, and Reza just not really feeling it. So here we are. We start yeah. at the beginning of the season and shock and horror. Uh, Adam doesn't want children right now. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a very weird pivot from someone who yeah. wants babies all the time and was like incessive about yeah. it. Like not just like, oh, maybe we'll have a baby uh-uh. someday. He was like, I want to get this on the schedule. Like we need a plan. Um, it was a lot. And we find out why. Well, we well, we certainly, Pseudo. I don't know actually whether the sudden U-turn on the baby thing and the um, strip Jenga are just, <laughs> I, I feel like the, these might be symptoms of something bigger that's going on. And I just, right. like Adam's a sweet kid. Like he, up until this episode, he's never really put yeah. a foot wrong. Apart from being a bit needy about the babies, he's always been super right. sweet, super clean cut. Um, and I just he's a good wonder, Midwest Christian boy. He's a good, sweet Midwestern <laughs> Christian boy. But I just wonder what else is going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and part of me wonders if that's all. Like, I would be. I'm interested to know if this is like just a front for like this huge debaucherous like person. I don't know. Probably not. I don't think it'll turn that way. But oh, you um, mean Adam being like a secret? Yes. Ooh. I mean, that would be That's like what I want to see. Fucking, <laughs> that would be just a twist. Um, because, like, we've definitely seen Reza, like, have to calm himself. Yeah, 100%. Through, like, all past seasons <laughs> to, like, getting to this monogamous place and building this house and, like, really kind of starting the two-person family that, like, he wants. And, you know, Reza's had to overcome a lot with, like, culture and sexuality and immigration. I Like, there's a lot of stuff, like... He's got a full history. Um, but yeah, I, I would like it. Like, part of me gets titillated by the fact that Adam could be like... A secret whore. Just crazy. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't love a secret whore? I love a secret whore. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I think it's going to stem from... Um, I was always a little bit uncomfortable towards the end of the last season with the dynamic between them, the power dynamic there. Like, I get that Re- right. Reza earns a shit ton more money... I didn't like love the way he was always kind of reminding Adam of that. Like, I feel like yeah. I'm not saying because Adam is working, like he's working and he's got a job and a right. career, and I don't think he's doing badly. But obviously, comparatively, yeah, yeah. he's he's not the breadwinner. And I don't like the way that Reza kind of lauded over Adam the fact that no. he was the one earning the money. And I think that's from my experience. If it was me, that would cause a problem in my marriage. Right, right. So I wonder if well, there's it's like something- a grasping of power back, right? Like if you're gonna hold the money over my head, then maybe I'll go fuck around on you because I can't. Right, and that's kind of what I wonder if it is. Like if you can't appreciate yeah. me as an equal emotionally in this relationship, then fuck you. Like, and I wonder if that's yeah. where it comes from. And I love Reza. Like I genuinely love him hard. So I don't want to, to you know, I'm not going to say he's a terrible person, but what I love about Reza is his perfect, like he's perfectly flawed. Like he, he yeah. but he's very self-aware and he finally gets, he always gets there eventually. I just right. hope it's, if this is the case, I hope it's not too late and he doesn't lose Adam. Well, and I love, so I love many things about this episode, but this like conversation in particular about strip Jenga, I like that Destiny went to Mike and was like, how do I need to handle this? He's your best friend. Like, could you help me with this? And I love how they like sat down and really just came to him from a place of like love and compassion. It wasn't 
we fucking saw your boy texting this. Like it was, we're, we're really concerned. This is what's happening. We don't really know what happened, but this is kind of the word out there. And we wanted you to know, cause we care about you. Like I thought, and I thought Reza took it. Fuck. Like he took it like a champ. and was like, thank you so much for telling me. I will get to the bottom of it. Leave this with me. I will handle it my own way. And I feel like a lot of other shows could learn from watching this conversation about how you bring shit up to people yeah. about what's going on in their lives. 100%. And <laughs> you don't bring the cookie lady to lunch. <laughs> you fucking have a little sit down <laughs> with succulents and uh, succulents know. and Kevin planning the party. That's all you need. Um, no, I agree. And I think I have to say though, I, I'm from his, from Adam's like the brief glimpse we got of Adam's reaction at the end of the episode. I'm going to say he probably is guilty of it because it was yeah. like, Reza was like, so I hear you've been doing strip Jenga. And he did that, like, almost kid thing where he's like, what? <laughs> like you can't see it, obviously, because it's a podcast, but I'm doing that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self, if you're doing a podcast, don't just do facial expressions. Um, but he did that, like, faux sort of onstage, what? Like, horrified right? thing. I was like, what? uh-huh. <laughs> the first thing you say is, no. Like, you say no. <laughs> Did you What's play strip, strip Jenga? Jenga while I was away? No. That's what you say. I find strip Jenga to be a very interesting it's so strip mid- choice. It's like the best Midwestern way to rebel. It's like, I'm not going to play it's strip church poker camp. and snort coke off <laughs> prostitutes' tits. I'm going to just no. do strip Jenga. Yes. Yeah. Not poker because that's fucking gambling. And he probably did it on like a Tuesday morning. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> With like daytime brunch. strip Jenga. <laughs> Part of me was wondering if they were using body parts to like knock out the little pieces. <laughs> While they were drinking like oat milk flat whites. Cause it was like yes. a morning strip Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mental pictures are gold. <laughs> oh, I love it when we fall down a rabbit hole. Um, I know. I'm excited to see how it, how it plays out. But I do, I do think there's more to this story. I don't think Adam has just immediately shifted from being this sweet boy into this, like, raging... No. <laughs> <laughs> Sex best. <laughs> okay, oh, put goodness. It it's hard because Reagan's laughing so hard she's, like, wiping tears out of her eyes. <laughs> I don't think we've had a moment on the podcast yet where we... No, this is a new thing. Laughing. We laugh so hard we cry. No. Oh. Okay. Okay, so we don't think Adam's a raging sex pest. We we think there's something more. Not today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what, let's change the All subject. Right. We've done Adam and Razor. Yes. Let's move on to another relationship. Let's move on to the serial monogamist that is Mike and his new girlfriend... <laughs> Paulina, because I really, I have such a soft spot for Mike. Like he is, yeah, he's gen. He's a lovable oaf. He's a lovable oaf, but he gets himself into these. He gets himself into these relationships, and and then he doesn't know how to. He doesn't handle them properly, and then before he, it's like yeah. before he knows it, he's married, right? And because that's what he thinks he should do. And I just want to say, slow your roll. Like chill. Take a breath. Chill the fuck. You don't always have to be in a relationship. Be single. No. And when I say be single, I don't mean go out and spend your time shagging around. Like, just right. chill. Chill. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think, honestly, what I'm most worried about is, like, so Paulina has kids. Like, she has two kids with her ex-husband. She apparently has a lot of money, according to Reza. And I think you're right. Like, th- 
I think they both need to slow their roll. Like, there's no need to, like, rush into this wedding, especially when there's kids involved. Like, I think you owe it to them to, like, pace yourself, really decide if this is what you want or not. Like, it's fine either way, but I think he's almost met, like, the female version of him. I mean, I don't know enough about her to really say that, so probably I shouldn't. But, I mean, like, I love yous are already throwing around. She's talking about getting married within the year and where she's going to put his name tattoo. And it's just like, I mean, she's, like, 28. Well, and also, he's saying... And he's 40-something. And he's saying things like, I've changed, I know what love is. It's like, we heard all of this before when you got married to Jessica. Like, you haven't change like you don't know what love is he wants this like fairy tale with pots of money and this gorgeous wife and a perfect house and all the rest of it and listen dude that's not what this is like marriage is messy and dirty and yeah it I just and hard as fuck yeah and I just don't know if he is grown up enough to fuck it I don't think he even at 40 I don't think he's emotionally there no I don't think he's got that emotional and I think that's fine fine I I don't understand why people constantly think they have to do all these things. Like, I have to get married. I have to have kids. Like, I have to, you know, do all this to fit into society. I feel like society is evolving. Mm. And if you don't want those things, like, the worst thing in the world is to get into those things. Like, Mike, just be single. It works for a lot of dudes. Like, look at Jack Nicholson. Like, it works very well for him. Look at Leonardo DiCaprio. Again, works very well for him. Like, just... Don't do, like, the worst things in the world are to do things because you feel like you have to do them versus because you want to You do should, them. right? That's the worst thing to do. But also with yeah. Mike, I feel a bit like he tried, like, with Jessica, he got, like, I think that really did a number on him because it really shattered mm-hmm. all of his illusions, not just about what marriage is, but also about what he's capable of. Like, he just, yeah. at that point, certainly is not capable of being faithful, of not capable of no. growing up and committing. And that doesn't make him a bad person. It just means he's not grown up. It just means he's not there. And if yeah. he's still not there, again, it doesn't make him bad. But let's not make, let's not go through a hundred messy relationships. Right, right. Like, especially yeah. if a woman's got kids. And don't get me wrong, I don't think she's blameless in this. Like, she needs to slow no. her fucking roll as well. Um, Absolutely. But maybe Mike's just not the guy that, is meant to be married to one woman for the rest of his life. Yeah. That's fine. Which is fine. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be keeping an eye on this one. I haven't seen anything kind of social media article-wise about them, so. I mean, if we could be we'll bothered see. to do any research, we probably. Very true. I did look up pictures of the two of them, though, and like no crazy articles came up, so. Maybe we'll. Maybe, There's research. Maybe he's not, maybe he's not <laughs> fucking it up completely. Um, yeah, yeah. Talking, we'll talking of fucking things up, um, let's go to Gigi. <sighs> Gigi. There are times when I really like Gigi, and then there are times that I'm just like, if you were my friend in real life, I would be so fucking exhausted. A hundred percent. Like, it's it's just so much. And I mean, I think we, you know, we see, like, good Gigi come to this, like, meetup with Destiny trying to, like, work through some of their issues, and she fucking explodes like she normally does. She goes and gets high like she normally does, and then she comes back and she's fine. (laughs) So they make up, but then we see her at this housewarming party, like, leave because Shervin happens to maybe be going into the same line of business she is, like, everybody else were pots legal. Like, it's it's really ugh. volatile behavior. And here's the thing, like, Gigi has a history of being of addiction. 
Like, yeah. Like, just because weed is legal does not mean that you can't have a problem with it. Like, this girl is... No, just like alcohol. Right? Alcohol's legal. There's loads She's of alcoholics. She's like, I'm always baked. I'm baked every minute of the day. She's saying it on the reunion at the end of the last season. Like, if I was coming and going, I'm always a bit pissed. Like, right? <laughs> We'd be like... Always. We need to have a word. Yeah. You'd yeah. be seeing me down going, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm, it's not going to work for me. So no. I think Gigi really needs to figure herself out a little bit. And again, I feel like, honestly, I feel like it's a result of shitty parenting. Like these parents yeah. never made her do anything. They never forced her any responsibility. The woman's never had a fucking job in her life. She's nearly I 40. Know. I find that fucking crazy. I've been working since I was 15 years old. I, my dad. And and before that, like babysitting and yeah. like non-documented jobs. I fucking woke up one morning when I was 13 years old. We lived in the Yorkshire Dales. Um, nobody checks on employment law there and my dad said I'm gonna do you want to come it with was, me I've got to run an 80s. errand ran an errand yeah. at nine o'clock took me to the local pub dropped me off said by the way you're working here until uh three I was like what he's like I've got a job you're here every day apart from Sundays until three I was like mm, okay uh got home at uh, half yeah. past three he drove me out again at six took me to the other pub and said and now you're here until midnight and now you're working nights. I mean, six days a week for that summer at 13 years old I had so much money but the fact that she's never had a job yeah it's crazy i mean we talk about that a lot with our kids because they are just naturally they're they're more privileged than we were at their age but um we talk all the time about like them having to have jobs like i don't even care if it's like a nothing job that makes you no money it is the sheer fact that you have to be responsible that is so important i mean my four-year-old puts away his own clothes from his laundry like we start that because i do not want to raise entitled assholes no and that's and i think that's really reasonable and that's my goal in life that's literally (laughs) all we want is that we don't want to yeah we want to go on holiday together is like family holiday and have asshole right. kids with us or like heaven no. forbid how bad would it be if like if, if like three out of the four were great but one was a dickhead well then the three would turn on the one dickhead they'd teach them a so lesson. at least we'd have some back like self-facilitating yeah. discipline be fine yeah lord of the flies yeah. we'll see which one comes out alive but yeah Gigi I feel like somebody has never really given her boundaries never really made her feel safe never really said this is what you have to fucking do um, yeah and she's just lost she's lost and she's trying have a baby uh-huh i mean so she's also being pumped full of like ivf hormonal craziness like i i have no idea what we're in store for this season here's my issue though like i don't know how responsible it is for medical professionals to be pumping people who are clearly having a substance abuse full of hormones to to have a baby like if like i say if she was pissed all the time they wouldn't treat her yeah so are you allowed to drive while you're baked no she's driving all the time yeah so like i know colorado like i only know colorado because that's where i live and when they were passing recreational as being legal it was a huge issue about like where do they set the limits for driving under the influence so like when you're under when you dr- when you drink and drive is called driving um, while intoxicated. So now they've changed it to be like driving under the influence. And there are certain levels that if you have like a certain level THC in your blood, like you're out. Do that. But I assume like the tests are a lot more invasive and it's a bigger process. I don't know from firsthand. You know. Anyway, issues. I think but, the girl uh, needs help. I yeah, think it's I ha- not legal to drive. Yeah. I hope it works out for her, but she is cray cray. Uh, just yeah. quickly before we leave uh, Shards, we've got a new girl Zara who turns out to be ex- R. Kelly's ex. That's going to get messy. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. And Nima's back. I love Nima. And we don't quite know whether Mona is shagging Shervin. So 
There's a lot to play no. for this season. There's a lot going on. I think Reza is like the solid gold Persian gatherer of California. Like, I think he finds fellow Persians that don't have like Persian friend family and just brings them into the fold. Cause that's how we got Nima and Mona. And I think that's now where we have Sarah. But I think the R. Kelly angle is the R. Kelly angle is super fascinating. Yeah. I wonder if we're gonna find out more about that. I'm interested in that. Um, okay, so let's move on to below deck sailing yacht, uh, yeah. where the fun continues. Never getting bored of looking at Adam. Got to be honest, uh, he's still fit. But I thought it was interesting. We yes. saw a little bit more about Paget this week. I think there's gonna be fireworks, not just with his girlfriend, but actually with the crew. I don't think he's a very good leader. No, I don't think from what. What we've seen thus far, he's shown anything that's been remarkable. I think he's indecisive, and I think he's one of those managers that just wants to do everything themselves yeah. versus letting people kind of take ownership for it or having the patience to delegate and then make sure it happens. Also, the um, patience to teach. Like he wouldn't. He got like really yeah. pissed off that Parker's asking questions. It's like, dude, come on. Like this is your job. Right. Um, right. So yeah, we'll see. See how that goes. Yeah. I think the whole Paget sierra thing is going to be interesting to watch because I think the power dynamics are going to be a problem within their relationship. And I feel like we already kind of see, like, Paget massively flirting with Georgia. I know. There was like, a moment right there. in front of her. There was, like, at the dinner at the very end. Like, I thought that was a little bit weird. So they may end up being, like, fulfilling our prophecy that things are not going to go well for them. I think that's probably safe to say also it was a weird collection of guests this week like we had obviously this family of four turned up with two young girls like 18 years old graduating it's like a graduation yeah. treat when we heard about it last week um plus the celebration of a wedding of guy and and then these two people turn up and they so are, are they, they're like the parents friends yeah. right and these two people okay. turn up and they're like a fucking car crash like they missed they're their a own, drunk hurricane they missed their own wedding direct quote yeah yes. they missed their own wedding <laughs> He is, like, clearly on a fucking mission. Um, yeah. It just didn't seem 100% appropriate when it came to, like, celebrating a graduation. Like, do you know what I mean? It all felt a bit icky. Yeah. I mean, these girls are, like, 18. It's not like their college graduation. I think it was, like, a high school graduation. Yes. Like, I think they're young. I'd be freaking the fuck out if I was hanging out with my parents and, like, their parents' friends were hammered and acting berserker. And screaming at each other down below. Now, one of the yeah. things that I wrote was like, obviously, Captain Glenn got involved, like walked into the room. I was interested to know people's thoughts about that, whether he went a bit too soon. I felt like it didn't seem to me, like it seemed like they were pissed off at each other, but it didn't seem to me like there was going to be any kind of violence or anything. But I felt like he kind of yeah, went in... Maybe a touch too soon. Yeah, I feel like he definitely could have just done like a polite knock. Yeah. Like, hey, is everything okay? But I, I also, I don't know like the rules of ships. Like, is he liable if something happens on the boat? Like maybe there's some sort of legal reason he went in there. I don't know. But I do know, I loved that he was up in that like rigor <laughs> fixing the like fucking sail, like way up there. I know. Like I really like it when captains are hands on. super hands on and like pitching in. I think that makes for like a good vibe. I think he's cool. I, I, I He's a little twee. He's a little cheesy for me. Like I want a little bit yeah. more spark. I want a bit more Captain Lee, like, God damn it. Like I want a bit more of that. Yeah. But or even more Captain Sandy. Yeah, I mean, something. <laughs> I, I yeah. don't think we're going to get it, but 
But we'll see. I don't think, I think it's just a bit beige. Yeah, I mean, I think from previews, we do see him get fired up about something. So we'll see. We'll see what that was and um, what's going to happen. But my question is, like, do you think that the stews who are serving, so like in America, if a bartender overserves, they can be, like if a bartender is serving someone and lets them like drive and do all that, they can be held liable for whatever that drunk person does oh, if really? they overserve. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if it's the same thing like on ships. Like, do you think it's the stewardesses, like, because they, they knew he was fucked. Like, they made multiple comments about it. Do you think, in hindsight, they probably should have, like, watered down his drinks? Or, like, do you know what I I'm mean, saying? I think like, still kept Georgia, serving him, but, like, Georgia mentions a it, drop of she? tequila? She says, you know, it should have yeah. been making him, like, um, I can't remember the t- Fake drinks. Yeah, fake drinks too late now. It's, a di- it's certainly a different vibe. It's a private setting, but also... Right. Um, and obviously he's not driving anywhere, but still, I don't still, think like, it's the Stu's responsibility. I think it could be yeah. the captain. I think the captain could be the one right. that says, I'm not going to let her serve you anymore. But I don't think it's, I don't think as a Stu you can say, no, I refuse. You to know who her. would be brilliant to ask this? We need to ask Hannah, the head stewardess. Let's ask her and get her opinion on that. Because it's just something I've kind of wondered throughout all of the shows, all of the seasons. Especially because like, they are I mean, on a boat. I know, like they could just go over. People are, they could die. Yeah, I mean... Death by margarita. I, I feel like I've been I mean, I've had many yeah. of those. <laughs> but I've never, like, fallen into the sea and, like, died or anything like that. So I just wonder, like, does that happen? Like, do is it expected of the stewardesses to monitor it or, like, just start watering it down as as they get drunker and drunker and wouldn't notice? I will, I will ask for sure. Um that would be cool. Anyway, they organize this spontaneous wedding day. Doesn't happen. Yes. Bless Jenna, though, for Jenna nails that, the by the way. And not the only thing she nails. No, Whoa, she also sh- nails Adam. Woo! Um, here's the first hookup on the show. Here's my prediction. Yes. Uh, I think he's going to fuck her. Yeah. And then I think she's going to go mental. And then I think okay. he's going to shag one of the younger ones. Ooh, which one? Madison or Georgia. Georgia. Georgia's got a great voice, by the way. I was I was well impressed with her singing. She's got like a well quirky voice, hasn't she? Um, yeah. I think it's gonna. I think that's gonna happen. I like right. Jenna at the moment, but I think she is batshit crazy. We'll see. I didn't get a crazy vibe, but I am here for it. They also. The, I think this is just worth noting. They got a fat ass tip. They really off did. Of these crazy Straight people off the bat. too. Like twenty twenty k for their first charter. Twenty two hundred dollars each. Which I think is like. Yeah, which I think is like the highest tip on all the below decks is around 20K. So we'll see if they just go up from here. But I'm loving it. I'm loving the sales. They're gorgeous. Um, I I kind of want to go on like a sailing yacht now. Me too. I'm up for that. I think it looks awesome. Um, And then we head over to Vanderpump Rules. Uh, Where it's Pride Week. We love it. There is nothing more joyful to me than feathers, glitter, sequins, and Lisa Vanderpump. No, I would love, I, I'm, I'm putting this out there. I would love for us to go to Hollywood Pride at some point. I was thinking the exact same thing. But we have to go to Sir. Yeah, yeah, and Tom Tom and whatever and Villa you know, Blanca, the millions of other restaurants Rosa, that she has. Yeah, wherever she is. Yeah, um, and and pump and pump, pump of course. As well. Yeah. So a few interesting things happened here. I guess I really, I mean, no surprises here. 
I love a bit of mental health depression chat. Bring it on. But I really did love this chat between Ariana and Lisa, not because, not just because it was, you know, opening the conversation to depression, mental health, but because they talked very specifically about how they were feeling. And I thought it was really interesting that Lisa was very open. I went through depression. It was quite circumstantial surrounding, uh, following the death of her brother. Right. But Ariana as well saying, I'm not, I never thought I was that person until I was driving along and I thought, what if I just turned the wheel? Like, what if I just turned the wheel and finished yeah. it all off? And it just made me realize, it just made me think that so many people think they're not that person. Like they think that right. I'm not prone to depression or anything like that. I think it can hit anybody at any time. Um, and I thought it was really interesting to have that conversation on TV. Well, and I love the way Lisa listened to her. Um, listening has kind of been on my mind like this whole week. And I feel like a lot of the times people don't listen. They they tell you how to fix, they like try to tell you how to fix yourself versus Actually, just listening to your problems. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it takes is people just actually listening to you and being like, wow, like that sucks. Like I felt that way before. Like just being listening and empathizing and just genuinely being there for each other. I feel like we all need to do more. Well, and I think as well, it happens a lot. Like people just want to be able to say their thing, like tell their story and I'm guilty of this as well. Also, people like to just talk and fix it and give a solution yeah. and share their experience as well. And sometimes you just, and I definitely could benefit from this, just need to shut up and go, it's not my time to speak. Like, this is not the time to get my story out there. I need to, to let them speak. Um, right. But I'm actually now going back to see season one of Vanderpump Rules, <clears throat> which like is really <laughs> fucked with what I think I'm watching. Right. Um, but I really admire Lisa about that. Like I love her strategy of dealing with these kind of young people. It, it's really impressive yeah. that she can connect with them on well, such a level. I think Lisa is like the eternal mama. Like, I mean, she's also a kick-ass, like she's a kick-ass businesswoman yeah. and all that. But, you know, I just think she kind of looks at all of them are like her extended children. Yeah. And I think she genuinely cares about each and every person that works for her in that way. And I think that's super commendable. I think it's probably the only way that she can handle all the crazy especially since you're going back to season one. You're going to be in for some crazy treats. I'm, so I'm excited, excited for you. But um, yeah, I, I love how she deals with it. I, it. I don't think I could handle I don't think I could handle that many restaurants with that many personalities all at one time. Yeah, it is hard, but I do think I'd almost prefer dealing, like managing grown-ups to kids. Well, she also doesn't have kids at home either. It's not like she's got two kids yeah, at home right. and she's having to deal with these kids. Like her kids are all older and out of the house and kicking ass. So, you know, it's probably amusing. Yeah, it probably is. She's like, this <laughs> is just how fun. I look it's at it. Like, like I think like, she's just amused. It's like Lisa's playground. It's like, that's what she, yeah, I get it. Totally. Um, um, <laughs> now we're both waiting for the other one to speak. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy that this discussion is out there and getting more play. I think everybody could use their voice to kind of amplify this voice. One voice I don't want amplified, though, is Sheena's. I think she's being oh. fucking ridiculous. I think she, I ran a poll about how many people think that she's trying to be Stassi from season one. 
So maybe Kat kind of understands this. And I don't think she's doing a good job. Like, I didn't put that pull out there to think like, oh, they're exactly the same. Maybe we'll see some growth out of Sheena. We're going to see no growth out of Sheena. <laughs> she's just trying to be a bitch. <laughs> she, um, you said, is Sheena trying to be season one Starcy? 96% said yes, 4% said no. I said yeah. no because I kind of misread it. It's like, is she like right. is she like season one Starcy? And I was like, no, nah. she's like sail rack season one Starcy. Yeah, um, trying to be. Yeah, but... I think you're right. I think she's going for the bitch angle. But also, I to give her credit, I do think she's genuinely really threatened by lo- by yeah. Dana and losing her friends. I think there's a real insecurity that I can empathize with. And I think she opens up a little bit about that. And I don't know whether it will lead to, like, a friendship between her and Dana. Right. Maybe it'll all kick off. But I think it's a good start. Maybe this is going to be, like... Sheena Starcy season one and like when Sheena eventually is the one that's there for Starcy after the whole Jack yeah like maybe that will will be what happens they end up being really good mates um I think they're just going to end up kind of tolerating each other and just not really being friends because I don't see Dana choosing Sheena to be one of her mates no like I just think knowing right. their personalities that doesn't work for me no but um but we'll see like I'm just glad Sheena's going to stop being a bitch to her. And can we have a moment for the end of the episode when Sheena is on the bar singing? Like, <laughs> no, no, let's not remember that. Without auto-tune. Let's not remember that. That was... Girlfriend, I, I, just no. stop. It's not okay. No, I love you and you looked great in that swimsuit, but like, not everybody gets yeah. to hold a microphone and sing in public and that's okay. I no. am one of those people. That's why you start podcasts uh-huh. and you do it Took at home. Words out of my or mouth. go to karaoke and do it in a small room. <laughs> Literally my favorite thing to, you have to prize that microphone from my cold dead hands at karaoke. Like I fucking, I'm like yeah. this, oh, I don't want to sing. I don't want to say, okay, give me the microphone. Give me the microphone. Um, I'm a hundred percent the same way. Uh, should we talk about Raquel and James? Well, definitely let's talk about James because I find this guy fascinating. Like, he's fucking crazy. Like, this. He's one of your home people. He is. Uh, listen, we're not all like James. <laughs> Once again, oh, I'm apologizing on behalf of my people. Um, <laughs> I, you know, there's something going on with James. It's addiction, but I think it stems from something else. There seems to be a bit of a manic, like the way he's talking to Raquel, it almost feels a bit ADHD. Like, it's a lot of yeah. like energy just doesn't know where to put. Um, and, he, you know, he's clearly not ready to be to be sober yet. But I just think the way he spoke to Raquel, like, you bitch, you weren't at my set. It's like, dude, that yeah. seems a bit off the scale to me. Well, and I think we see him do that to people who care about him the most. Like, I do really honestly think Raquel cares about James. Um, I think Lala cares about James. I think Lisa cares about James. And he does not want to fucking listen to a damn thing that anybody who actually cares about him has to say. Um, I'm proud of him for, like, doing his DJ thing without starting a fight. But, like, that's kind of all I can say about him. I just think, like, I don't know. I think there's something really damaged and broken with him as well. Like, the way that he just, he went over after his set and spoke to Lisa. Like, the way he just needed like desperately needed her unequivocal approval and he couldn't even cope with her concern. Like even her concern was criticism to him. And I just thought there's something very, very broken or damaged in you that, that has all of this goodwill from Lisa skewed. 
Um, yeah, yeah. And I really, f- I felt for him at that point. And I hope that he's okay, but I do feel like there's help that he needs. And and I think Lala sees it. I really applauded Lala for going, you know what, I have to yeah. put my sobriety first. This is, you, you know, this is not okay for me and I don't want this to lead to this. And so I was like, good on you, girl. That's how you get sober and stay sober. Yeah. He's not there and I hope he's okay, but I don't love that. I don't love the way his girlfriend's enabling it. And and Lisa no. doesn't enable it and he didn't like it. Yeah, no. And Lala doesn't enable it anymore either now that she's sober. Um, I feel like I just want to shake James's girlfriend, Raquel. Like, I just don't get it. I just don't get I it. Mean, I mean, I no, I'm with you. I just want her to be, like, because I think she... I think by all accounts, she is actually very smart. Like, she graduated from a prestigious college. Like, she did all this stuff, but... Michael, like, what is I she just getting out of this it. relationship? I, I don't know. That's it. And, and then fucking up with, like, Lisa. Like, that's not smart. Like, you go to your job when it's time. And then, like, when she kind of dicked over Dana to, like, have Sheena come... Like, I just don't understand the mess that is Raquel. No, so, I agree. I don't know. We'll see. Um... Anyway, the drama will, of course, continue in Beverly Hills, and we'll be here for it. But in the meantime, absolutely, let's go to New Jersey, or more specifically, the Jersey Shore. Yeah, we should all get like our fists pumping. I don't know if did you ever watch that Jersey Shore uh, reality show on MTV? I didn't. I didn't do Jersey Shore, and I didn't do the Geordie Shore, which is what we had here. And if you are American and listening. Geordie is the name of the accent that we give to people who come from like Newcastle, Durham, the very, very, very north east of uh, England. And um, there's only three words that I can say with a Geordie accent. I've been waiting like four months Excellent. to get this onto the podcast. I'm so <laughs> fucking excited. Uh, there's only Bring three words that I can say in a Geordie accent. And it goes like this. Okay. Intercontinental, Shostakovich, and Fotokopia. Yep. That's it. A hundred percent nailed it. Um, when I lived in the UK, that is where I did most of my work with all the schools in the Northeast, and I love them. And the accent is brilliant. But those are the and only if three you haven't words seen Geordie Shore, you need to check it out. I'm going to maybe because I need a l- very similar places. <clears throat> I need more um, Jersey in. I need more reality Newcastle. TV in my life. Yeah, you're not watching enough. No. Um, so we're in um, New Jersey. All right. And but before we get to New prom. Jersey, before we get to the shore, we do prom. And I've got to be honest, I cried for the first seven minutes of this episode. And it's probably because my period is like a week late. I'm not pregnant. It's just irregular. But it was too much for me watching Gia in that dress. <laughs> it was too much. I don't mean to laugh at you. Like I got, I, there were no emotions coming out of me whatsoever <laughs> for that. But I'm dead inside, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times a week my husband's like, yeah, but that's because you've got a heart of coal. Like, I mean, he's not wrong. Like, Yeah, fair enough. Just, Ice all the way on the mm-hmm. inside. Um, but yeah, no, I did think it was sweet. And I'm glad Joe didn't call and fuck it all up. Like, I was just waiting for <sighs> him too. to call and turn it into a fucking tantrum. But he didn't, which was awesome. So, yeah, it was lovely. And I and loved- it was just nice seeing all of them together. Like... I agree. Being, being a big Italian family, like it, it was just really nice, and um, it was all very nice. It was all very very nice. No, I do, and I <laughs> I just felt like having the moment when Joe when Joey hugged her and she cried, and oh, it's yeah. all too much for me. But yes, uh, Gia and Frank. Let's hope that that works out because I think it'll just. Oh my god, their kids the would be wedding. gorgeous. Can you imagine the wedding? Oh, huge. 
Because as we have learned from past episodes, both Teresa and Dolores are spenders on the party. So like the food will be amazing. Imagine. Um, yes. So yeah, and then we had, I guess quite a lot of this episode is really about Jennifer and her position in this party at the moment and the way that she is, I just don't understand what has snapped in Jennifer to to just make her constantly kick yeah. the fucking bear. I don't know. Like, she just needs to drop it. Like, I don't know. Do you know what I think it is? I, I think know. it's an insecurity. I think she's like at that age where she's going, what the fuck am I doing? Like, okay, I've married a great guy. I've got all this money, but I don't really feel happy. I don't really feel fulfilled. And so I'm going to be a bitch to everybody. Um, But just the way that she spoke to Margaret as well, like Margaret was just trying to say something nice to, to, to Reza. Yeah. That snap was so uncalled for. Like I couldn't even believe it happened. I was like, what the fuck? Like, She's just, like, commiserating. Like, what the fuck? Why are you cold-shouldering fucking everyone? Like, calm yourself. I know. I felt a Just bit go like, drink more tequila in the corner. I don't understand where it's all coming from. But we'll, I mean, we'll see. No. But what I did love, and in fact, on Joey Gorga's Instagram, which, as you know, I'm a big fan of, um, he sort of alluded to this today. But obviously, he upset Bill last week with his sort right. of unusual misstep saying that he just needed to bang his wife more. Which is never a great right. thing to say. Um, no. <laughs> but he just walked up to Bill and said, listen, I'm sorry. It, you know, I respect that. It was ill-timed. They shook hands. Yeah. They fucking moved on. It's done. Yeah, it's done. Look how easy that was. And it took apology. three minutes. The power of an apology. A real apology. A real apology. And like, I think an ability to know when you've done wrong. And I feel like that's kind of Jen's problem. Like she never feels she's in the wrong. Or she says she does, but she doesn't really. Here's the thing with people who I think don't ever believe they're in the wrong. I think they know full well that they're yeah. in the wrong, but I think it makes them feel so uncomfortable. They just, like, right. I don't think anybody can not know that they were a complete twat. But I think True. it's just owning it is the problem because they just rather go on the defensive. Right. But she's just, I think she's lost and I think she's lashing out. But but Melissa at the dinner table when she was like, you're on fucking thin ice too. I was like, who? is not gonna this is not gonna win well yeah. <laughs> something's gonna happen on the jersey shore absolutely um i, I love melissa i pr- honestly i probably would have said the exact same thing because you know they were talking about danielle and how danielle reached out to her and like wants to have this whole chat and she's like i don't really want to do this but okay um and i think you know what she's fucking right jen is on thin ice like throwing shit like a maniac only goes Last so long. I agree. Like, you got to stop eventually. One thing that I was super fascinated by was Teresa really opening up about the cheating stuff. Yeah. With Joe, with everyone, and talking about that it started when Gia was three. Yeah. I think this is the final frontier for Teresa. Is like yeah. not putting on the facade that she feels she has to and going, Do you know what? Enough's enough. Fuck it. Yeah, he was unfaithful. But what I found interesting was the next morning, she's like, I feel really bad about saying that because I think Teresa's always very aware of the fact that she's yeah. on a fucking television show. Unlike people like Jennifer right. and Danielle who just behave like feral fucking felons. Fools. And yeah. And she's like, I feel bad because my kids, like going back to Mike talking about his past infidelities around his kids in Atlanta. Like you just, 
don't necessarily, you have to be very careful about how that information right. is conveyed to your children. And, and I think yeah. I really appreciate Teresa being mindful of that. And maybe that's why she's always been as cagey as she is, because whatever you think yeah. about Teresa, she's always fucking kids are a priority. Um, Absolutely. And I wonder if that's what she's always been doing this for. But Oh, I mean, I would guarantee that. I think that's the whole reason she is still with Joe. Oh, I think it is was, now. I think in the pre... No, I think it kind of always has been. I feel like she's been willing to put up with a lot to raise this family and kind of do the things that she thinks she's supposed to do and kind of put herself almost on a back burner in her mind. Well, I think you're right. I think, though, previously what was also tied into it was the fact that Joe was the breadwinner, and I think there was money tied into it, and I right. think that that's also what she was protecting. Now, though, yeah. I think she's like, hang on a minute, I can earn the fucking money. And so now I right. think it's 100% about the kids, where it's a little bit more skewed back then. But Yeah, yeah. But I do think you're right. I don't think she's ever not cared about it. I think she's always been no. really committed to protecting them. But... um. I feel for her. It can't be easy going through no. all of this uh, on the TV and while ha- trying to protect your kids. Absolutely. And I mean, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like being on TV while you're still trying to preserve your kids' relationships with their dad, like that's hard shit. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people that would do it and kind of do it with a happy face like she has done. So, I mean, I, I think that it speaks very much to her kind of inner character and now I'm glad I'm glad she's going to have some time to kind of put herself first because they're obviously divorcing now and and she can kind of live her best life. So I'm excited to see what what that looks like. Um, I think obviously in terms of Teresa opening up, she becomes a little bit more open with Danielle, who we see on the Jersey Shore as well. Danielle's like horrified, can't understand why Melissa and the girls don't want to hang out with her. I mean, this girl is delu- like fucking delusional. Um, yeah. But I think we're. Gonna, I don't know what her deal is. No, and we're going to see a lot more of that next week. But we did get a little bit more on David and Dolores too, and I'm kind of running out of patience with him a little bit. I totally agree with you. I think it's been fascinating watching Frank and Dolores like host this vacation on the Jersey Shore. They are so cute together. So cute together. They vibe really well. Like whatever their past has been. I would like them to have a future, actually. Like, I think, I don't know. I just think he's lovely with the dudes. He's lovely with the girls. They're they're just really good he's together. Always, they make each other laugh. He's always there for her. Yeah. Like, I think David has the, not come to one of these things. I think things. the only reason David is around as long as he is is that she's got Frank to fall back on. Like, if there was yeah. no Frank and and David was as absent as he always is, he wouldn't still be there. Not a chance. So I agree with you. I think there's going to come a point where she's, I don't know whether she'll get back together with Frank. I really hope that she would. But I think there's going to come a chance, a a point where she's like, enough is enough with David. Like the only reason he's managed to stick it out is because I've, I've had the support of Frank. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, I think Dolores deserves a lot better than him, like eventually caving on furniture. Yeah. Like, that's such a bullshit thing to do. Like, Would I spend this no. money on a house and furniture if I wasn't into Well, yes, because you need a place to live and you need couches to sit on, so you would. Like, that is not a commitment. Yeah. Don't be a dick. No. No, it's not. Um, so I, I'm, I hope she gives him his marching orders sooner rather than later. Because honestly, I think yeah, she just too. deserves more. 
Totally. I, I really like Dolores. I think she makes a couple missteps, but I think ultimately her heart is always in kind of in the right place yeah. and she wants to do the right thing. So like, I, I want to see things done right for her. So me too. Hopefully we'll see that. Uh, on that note, let's head over to Nashville. Yeah. We're just topping all over the U S. Um, yes. So very Cavallari, uh, we open up with Kristen going to Mexico for a campaign shoot and leaving Jay in charge. I know. And Jay... Which I think is so lovely. Jay and his, like, lunchbox chat. I just love that shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, my love for He's Jay a good dad. grows deeper every day. I love him. I'm thinking of starting <laughs> to call Jimmy Jay just to, like, indulge my fantasy well, a little people bit. people do call him Jay, don't they? I've heard people call I Jimmy Jay. I occasionally do, but I'm thinking of making yeah. it a full-time thing, just so that I can indulge, like, nice. a fantasy of mine. Well, get on it, because I'm coming out in just, like, a week. <gasps> I can't believe it's A week and a bit. Soon. Yeah, oh, so, so I'll be excited. in London in a week and a bit. Amazing. So we can all call him Jay. I know, he'll be like, what the we'll fuck's make it going happen. on? Why is everybody calling me Jay? <laughs> Uh, Do you have another guy? dealing with Name Fizzy Jay. Nickers in the corner. Um, <laughs> by the way, Fizzy Nickers is a real Marmite term, I've realised. Like, some people think, you either think it's hilarious or you li- or some people just vomit on the spot when they hear it's it. it's I'm not sure which way <laughs> it's going to go. So I'm, just, I'm picturing our listeners just like, <laughs> <laughs> on the tube. <laughs> <laughs> right? <Sorry. laughs> or driving in their car, picking up their kids, vomiting everywhere. Uh all but right, the, so back to very Cavallari. The big news this week um, was obviously she brings over the girls from the hills. Where we get all this, like, juicy gossip about the hills, which juicy, I found juicy. fascinating. Because I think, for the most part, I think the reality shows on E! and Bravo are probably instigated but not scripted. Like, they're set in situations where they know certain personalities are going to kick off, but ultimately it's, like, the personalities running the story. Where I think The Hills and, like, Laguna Beach was all a little bit more contrived. And that's kind of the sense I get from, like, the girls chatting. Because Kristen opens up about, on her season, on one of the seasons of The Hills, she was supposedly dating Brody on the show... But she was actually dating Miguel, the cameraman, the whole entire season. Which obviously I had to go and Google for images because I wanted to know what Miguel looked like. I found him. Was he fit? Mm, He looked a bit like the lead guy from Entourage. What was his name? Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's Adrian Brody. No, No, that's not Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody's the the guy with the really big nose. Yeah. Um, Anyway, he looked like him. Um, I'll find it. But this is all. This was all kind of very relevant. Adrienne Grenier. That's it. All very it. relevant because she really felt like she needed somebody to speak to about Kelly, who would get it, who would understand right. what had actually happened. Because it's quite hard, I guess, to go. Well, we fell out because she just wanted to be. It was all about the show. Like if you're not there and you haven't lived it, so she just wanted to find her people yeah, yeah. and talk it through. And I think obviously we're only getting one side of the story. But I just can't help yeah. but feel like Kelly's behaving really, really badly. See, I agree with you. And I kind of felt this the most when um, Audrina tells Kristen that once Kristen left the bar, Kelly's friend came up to her and talked a lot of shit about her. And Audrina really had Kristen's back and was like explaining things to this dude. And that dude like kind of came full circle and was like, holy shit, I had those exact same experiences with her. And I was like, oh, 
Like, okay, this to me really, really kind of solidifies that fame has gotten to Kelly. And I, well, and I think as well, it's really easy when you're when you've had a fallout with somebody and then you don't speak to them for ages that you start to question it a little bit, and you're like, what was I too harsh? Have I handled it badly? Yeah. Like, am I a dick? Did I play it? You know, all of this stuff. Did I imagine some stuff? And then you hear that stuff and you go, oh, no. No. It's fine. Because when people do behave that badly, yeah. chances are they've done it before. It's not the fucking first time. Like, this is their MO, and eventually they fall out with with everybody. Everyone. And they move yeah. on. And they find new friends. And then they fall out with them, and then they move on. Like, this is just what Kelly's, it looks like Kelly is doing. Um yeah. But I agree, but it was really fun to see Audrina and Heidi in town. And I have to say, I fucking love Heidi. Like, obviously not so much. With her mom clothes um, and her mom dance moves. No, and she, she's just <laughs> like, like, I love her because she was she was a bitch on the hills. And I didn't yeah. like her at all. And I don't know what, what it is that's made her change, but I love that, I guess it could be because she felt like she had that big fall from yeah, grace yeah. and she's come back and it's humbled her. But she's a different, like, she's my she's my kind of people. Like totally. I would drink massive glasses of wine with her any day of the week. Me too. I love that she was like, Do you remember when like I was on the drugs and I was like, I'm plastic and I'm fantastic? Yeah. Like I love the way she can make fun of herself for like all the crazy shit they've done. I also feel it's cause we're older and I feel like I look back on those shows and it's like they were fucking babies on that yeah. TV show and their reality got so warped yeah. because of it. Like and because it was contrived and, like, all this shit was going on and it was real and not real. Like, I think that would be a really confusing place to live in your yeah, it's 20s. Yeah, I mean, fucking weird. Or your teens. It's fucking weird. And, yeah, so, I mean, I think it would be weird if you weren't fucked up from that. Like, yeah. what kind of psycho are you when you don't get fucked up by that shit? And yet and these three seem I to think, have pulled it together. Like, they seem yeah. to be really normal. I feel like we could all sit down and have wine, yeah. hang out, get a bit pissed, dance on the stage— and ho and like square dance with the mum down the road. Like I feel like that's our vibe. Absolutely. Yeah, um, it is our vibe. You're hundred percent correct. So yeah, that was nice. And then obviously Scoot and Justin. Oh, and Justin talking about like his Mormon cousins all getting married. <laughs> I find it I find like Mormon connections really fascinating. But um I think we you know, we still see this kind of push pull between this marriage and the house and, you know, Justin and Scoot. I do find it really interesting, this conversation that Justin and Kristen have about how they're actually both with very similar people. Like Jay and Scoot are very similar because they're very calm and not super extra like Justin and Kristen are. And thank God, because that's really who we should all end up with anyways, is people who kind of calm us, calm us extra folk the fuck down. Um, but I don't know. Like, I feel like this marriage issue is a, is a bigger issue than I think we know. I agree. If that if makes it, sense. I feel like it's a. I, I feel like it's going to be okay, but there's going to be some rocky roads yeah. ahead. And I think that Justin is so scared. There's just something so terrified about yeah. him because you can't, on one hand, say I'm committed to him for the rest of my life, but then on the other hand, say I can't get married to you. Like it. It just. And yeah. I'm not saying that marriage is the thing that that it is, but this is a right. discussion that they're having and he's always known that Scoot wants to get married. So, um, so it, I think that this, I think he needs time. I think he needs to come around. And I actually think that this discussion that he's had with Scoot's mum at the end 
might be something yeah. that really makes him reconsider like why he is what he is, what, why he's making the decision he's making. Yeah, I think it'll be very interesting in kind of the next few episodes because I'm sh- there's actually I think only maybe six left. Like I think there's going to be a max of twelve, but um, so we could be in a real like middle part of what's going to happen with them. I agree with you. I think ultimately it's going to end up being okay, but I think you're right about this conversation with Scoot's mom um, is going to change something. And we also see Scoot's little brother like hooking up with Chewy. What a babe that guy is. I love it. I oh, really man. hope that that, I don't think it's going to happen, but I do love that it might do. I bet that they're just like this tight-knit little You don't need anybody Nashville else. Family. It's like a little commune. Nope. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I, I hope that they work it out because I do love them both as a couple, but I think Justin really has some issues that he needs to work through. And I do think, and I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again, and I'll say it next week if he doesn't do it then, he needs to fucking talk to Scoot because I'm sick of yeah. seeing him He's now Talk even to talking but. to his Scoot's fucking mum, the only yeah. person he's not speaking to right. is Scoot. He just needs to sit down and say, look, yeah. I'm I'm really I'm feeling not ready. I'm working through something. I don't right. know why. Like, figure that shit out. But he needs to sit that that beautiful boy down and tell him because it's not fair. Yes. Yeah, the beautiful boy who's also a twin. Are they twins? That was his twin brother. They are twins. Twin brothers both gay. Yeah. So I know. I know a cup. I know two boys' brothers who are both gay as well. See, I know twins who one is and one isn't. Yeah, I find that all fascinating. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> I but wasn't being note, sarcastic then. I know it sounded. I was genuinely. No, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, I sounded no. A bit I like think my it's dad. really interesting. Fascinating. <laughs> um, if only you had like the flappy mustache to go with it. I mean, I could I, close my I, eyes and pretend I was there. You know, <laughs> I kind of did. I mean, I have to say, my mom and dad are on a 50-day cruise right now, and the emails that we are getting from him are absolute comedy gold. He's talking about a couple that got oh, caught I think I'm gonna need on the you top to... deck. He's like... I think you're going to need to forward me those emails. I'm going to forward them to you immediately. They are... That may be a podcast in its own. I genuinely think we need like, <laughs> like a special episode where we just read them out because they are... Yes. Honestly. Let's do it. Funniest things I've ever read. I've got like a whole Instagram (laughs) post ready to go, but I feel like I can't share them until I've said to dad, do you mind if I like publicly read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media. Oh my God. I love him so much. I do too. On that note, I think we shall let you guys go. Thanks for hanging in. I know this was a bit of a long one, but um, I think we did pretty well for six shows. Yeah, we We did pretty well for having six shows. We really did. We nailed it. And going down some rabbit holes. Uh, So listen, (laughs) have a really good week. We will see you on the other side. I think we are, do we, is it still six next week too? I think it is. And then we're also in the process of watching the Below Deck reunion for the next mini-sode. So um, Got it. I've watched part one. Kat will catch up and we'll move on to episode two next week. And I don't know if there's going to be a third one. So we'll either have a mini-sode next week or the next week. Perfect. Until then, have a but great week. And we'll see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims.